Hey everyone, so this is our first in what is going to be a series of episodes where we examine the Owl House. We're going to look at each episode of the Owl House one episode at a time and just kind of go over our thoughts relating to it. Anything that we notice that we think is interesting, really. So we're super excited to share this with you. I know we here on Determination, Deliberation, and Dragons really love the Owl House, so hopefully you enjoy it too. Once we get through the entirety of the show, we'll probably move on and talk about other things. We might discuss other shows, other books, movies. It really depends. We'll, we'll see what we end up doing, but yeah, just hopping on here to let you know we'll still do our main episodes where we workshop our stories and talk about other stories and do non-owl house related things so don't worry about that but in the meantime enjoy everyone and welcome to another episode of determination deliberation and dragons i am peter i'm kind of losing my voice because i've been yelling at kids all week up here in maine so apologies about that but in this episode we're going to talk a little bit about the first episode of the owl house so season one episode one and i'm thinking we're going to do basically a review like series if we can of all the episodes in the Owl House. And to do that with me, instead of my usual co-host Izzy, we have the wonderful Tess Marcotsis, my cousin. Hi, Tess. Hi. So the way that we're going to do this, we have our usual interrogation questions so that people can know who you are. The very first question is very simple. Your name and pronouns, if you so choose to share. Okay, my full name, Tess Elizabeth Marcotis, and my pronouns, she, her. Awesome. What is your favorite book? Favorite book? Hmm. Well, personally, I think my favorite book is probably the sixth Harry Potter, which is kind of an uncommon decision. And I didn't realize that was recent- your favorite, too. <laughs> yeah, it's only my new recently favorite I used to love the fourth one but then I kind of realized no this isn't my favorite so now it's the sixth one (laughs) I mean correct answer so (laughs) um yeah so your favorite who's your favorite author hmm well I don't know honestly it's kind of a hard decision (laughs) Because I do love the Harry Potter books, but J.K. Rowling is, uh, she's had a couple mishaps, so (laughs) I don't know. Um, Yeah, I don't really know. 
Awesome. Um, I mean, that's fair. There's a lot of authors out there. Um, okay, I have two more questions. Oh, I should also, I feel like I should have mentioned this first, because when Izzy and I introduced ourselves, we talked about like what we study, um, what we'd studied in college. Um, and obviously, so Tess is not quite there yet. You're in eighth no. grade? Ninth grade. Ninth grade. Okay. Yeah, no, but Tess is amazing. And she has a lot of interesting things to say about writing and stories. So thank you. Yes. Okay. So our last two questions, this one is kind of open-ended just like, what is a fun fact about yourself? My favorite color is green. I don't know. It's a fun fact, I guess. That is amazing. <laughs> and very, very pertinent to the Owl House. Um, Definitely. Because the, one of the best characters hair is green. So mm-hmm. true. Um, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So and the last question, why, so this is a podcast about creative writing and like stories. So why do you like writing or reading stories or watching stories? First of all, I am not that good at writing. So I think the fact that people are able to do it, I'm just so impressed by that. Like, I think being able to read that and experience that because I'm not able to is just good for me. I don't know. That's why I like it. Also, I mean, I've never read your writing, but like, I've heard some of your ideas and they're very fun. I'm still remembering like the general grievous, like diner where he's like a chef. I think that was a few (laughs) years ago. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I'm good at thinking of ideas, but not really good at like expressing them through writing. But I think that other people are able to do that, especially you like so well is just I'm jealous. (laughs) I mean, have you ever read my, like, actual stories? Yes, I have read. Oh, okay. I need to, okay, we'll check in about that later, because I don't remember. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, writing is, is super hard. You'll get there, too. Like, I'm still not there, so it's rough. But anyway, so moving on, like I said, we'll be talking about the first episode of The Owl House, and I thought we would do, like, a recap of the episode and just, like, talk about what happens do you want to summarize it? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to do too good at this. You can take over if need be. Um, so basically, the episode starts with this girl. Um, her name is... Wait. <laughs> I always forget her name. <laughs> is it like... Louis? I don't know how to... Luz no sé that. Luz? Okay. Luz. So um, her name is Luz. And she's in the principal's office and basically they're like, oh, you're too weird. You have to tone it down a bit. And the mom's like, we're going to have to send you to this in the box summer camp so that you're not as weird anymore. And she's like, oh, I just want to like read my anime and be normal and just like live my life and do what I want. And her mom's like, okay, I'm going to leave and send you off to camp. And she's waiting to get on the bus. And then she, an owl, steals her book. And she follows it into this, like, abandoned house. And she goes through this door. And she meets the owl lady. And she basically gets stuck there. And the owl lady's like, oh, can you help us out? We need to get a crown back for this his name is he's the master of death what is it again he's the king of demons king, they call him king, king of demons 
they call him king and he's this cute little like puppy looking thing he has horns or <laughs> one's broken it's a skull he and, looks like the pokemon yeah. shoe bone <laughs> you know he is definitely does not look like any evil type thing he's very cute and they go to steal it back and you see a cell with all these people it's like a jail of people who have committed so-called crimes but their crime is just being who they are which is very odd very terrible and lewis is like oh this isn't right like why are people being treated like this and after they get the crown she like breaks them out and they all fight the main guy who's basically like the prison guard person i don't really know he just has like the police basically i don't know the main evil person and then they fly back away and all the misunderstood people so to speak are kind of like fighting back and it's all great and then they get back and the owl lady is like oh i'll send you back and lewis is like no i love it here like i want to stay and become a witch which obviously who wouldn't and then that's basically how the episode ends that was a very long and diluted version but (laughs) no i think you hit on everything so yeah that's basically the episode and i thought we would start off looking more at characters but specifically following the character of Luce and like how she progresses throughout the story. So this section I'm calling following the light because her name is light in Spanish. So as we go, yeah. So as we go throughout each episode, I thought it'd be like good just to like check in on Luce and see how she's doing and what her character is like. So, I mean, you definitely started explaining she's, you know, this kind of oddball, um, her book report involved live snakes that attacked the principal (laughs) and yeah. So the mom wants to like send her to this camp think inside the box. So you already get this sense of like loose as being someone who's kind of different, um, Mm -hmm. which was really, really cool to see. And she's just, yeah, she's just like a lovable goofball, I think, but like in the best, like the best way possible. Yeah. Obviously, this is only episode one, so she hasn't learned too much yet. But, like, she does go to the conformatorium, like, that the prison place, and, like, she meets all these people who are being trapped there. And mm-hmm. definitely, like, starts thinking about, like, oh, what is it about me that's, like, making people, like, want me to stop being me? And, like, should I just kind of live out my own life anyway? So I think it was important that she kind of saw that and she recognized like, oh, like I'm a misfit and like these people are also misfits and like, but like that's okay. I thought that was great. I mean, what do you think of the character like of Luke? I mean, I think she's amazing. I, I definitely think it's good to have a character like that. who's very relatable to a bunch of people. And I think it's hard to, at this stage of the, it's just the first episode. She hasn't really done that much yet but just you could tell that she wants to help people especially with like the what was it called the prison basically the conformatorium yeah yeah where they, they go to conform yeah she <laughs> that she basically she wanted to help all of them she's just a very kind person and she really has empathy towards everyone 
Oh, for sure. Even though, like, people are like, oh, you're weird and, like, you need to stop. She doesn't, like, push back against other people. She she just Mm -hmm. takes, like, those criticisms and is like, well, okay, like, I'm not going to treat other people, like, the way that you're all treating me, which is really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. She's also just, like, so optimistic and, like, energetic. And, like, I love the cat sweater, too. She's like yeah. puts up her hood and her cat ears and she's like meow meow, and it's just, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Definitely, especially what you said about being op- optimistic. I mean, if I was in this terrifying new place, I would definitely be a lot more freaked out than she was. She was just like, oh, cool, very nonchalant about it. Especially with the whole. I mean, imagine you just like wake up one day and you're in a whole other universe. You'd probably freak out, and she was pretty. Like, oh, cool, you know, this is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think she, like, was freaked out at first. Especially, like, when that fairy came up to her and was, like, about to eat her. (laughs) And you can see, like, Luce was kind of freaking out. But I think, like, the the wonder of being in that world, like, kind of outweighed all of that bad for her. And, like, especially considering, like, when she was thinking of, like, what would happen when she goes back. And the idea of, like, oh, the camp is, like, waiting there for her. I think, like, all the terror of the this new <laughs> world kind of, like, took a backseat to the yeah. the idea of, like, being in a place where she can, like... Be herself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, okay. So moving on from that. It's like, that was specifically loose, but there's also other characters as well. And... I couldn't come up with a more clever name for this. It's just the character corner. So are there... (laughs) That's good. So are there any other characters that you think we should talk about, Tess? Um, I don't know. I mean, I love the Owl Lady. We haven't really seen much of her yet. I mean, well, we have seen much of her, but not like a lot about her. Um, She's definitely awesome. She, they don't really specify what she did wrong. It's just that she's always running from the, what are they? The conformers or whatever. The conformatorium people, yeah. Yeah, them. Um, I think it's hilarious how she gets asked out by that guy. I mean, I did not expect that, to be honest. She's definitely awesome. I think the fact that she also, she's just, she reminds me of Lewis, kind of like just the whatever that like universe's equivalent of lewis because she's like i don't know she's just living her life Luis, i can't i'm so bad lewis sorry (laughs) but yeah she's pretty awesome yeah i think i mean your point about like not knowing why she's being chased like what crime she actually did that's one of the things i wrote in my notes here too um because like the the guard comes up to her is like you're wanted for like demonic misdemeanors and Ida's like yeah Ida's like I didn't do anything and like yeah I mean we obviously we learn like what she does later sort of so also like neither of us are watching this episode for the first time like I've watched every episode that's been released so far which is like most of season two and I think you've watched most of season one if not all of it Mm -hmm. 
But even that being said, like, I still don't really know, even after getting to the almost the end of season two, like, I really don't know what they really don't specify. they want her for. Other than, like, one specific thing, like, later on, we get into, like, um, the idea of, like, wild witches and covens and stuff. But even then, Ida doesn't seem like a person. She she claims to be, like, the most powerful witch in the Boiling Isles. And everyone's like, oh, like, she's so wanted. And, like, I just don't see it. I'm like, she's over here, like, selling these glasses with, like, springs and, like, eyes on the end of them. Um, yeah. And I was like, you're you're not dangerous necessarily (laughs) like and I don't I don't see where like her claim of like being the most powerful which is coming from yet either what you said about the glasses reminded me of something I think it's very interesting how she gets all this like stuff from what was it like a trash bin almost the owl brings her all this stuff Mm -hmm. and she goes past all these value what we would consider valuable things and she picks out these glasses and it's interesting to see like what is considered valuable there what's versus like what is considered valuable here oh for sure yeah it's a different place there's different different wants and needs Mm -hmm. i think she like throws out a phone like potentially the holy grail Uh, (laughs) exactly (laughs) so yeah and she picks up those glasses which is like like, yeah two dollars maybe (laughs) and she's probably awesome yeah like super cheap but definitely interesting like you said to see like what they value over them what what she thinks she can make money off of and that's what she's doing she's just like selling like random human junk yeah and like trying to make money off of that so like again is that illegal like i don't know yeah maybe that's what's illegal maybe she's not allowed to sell things maybe it's the visiting of the like human world that's illegal like maybe you're not supposed to do that Oh, I don't know. I mean, but I don't know if anyone knows that she has the portal. Oh, so also she has a portal to go to the human realm and like back to the demon realm. So yeah, I don't know who knows that she has it though. I don't know. She's a mystery. (laughs) Yeah. And Owl House, like, I love it, but it can be a little bit inconsistent sometimes. And I think that's one of the things. So another character, Hootie, um, (laughs) who's this giant like owl tube thing that like protects the owl house so we're introduced to him too and like he's a character who i did not like until like halfway through season one because his character i think is super inconsistent where he like starts off like kind of this mean grumpy door guardian thing and then he becomes like this lovable like strange um like a more cutesy type of character so yeah Yeah. I did not like him in this episode or in like the next couple episodes I'm gonna be honest um his voice bothers me (laughs) a lot for some reason (laughs) and so when I just watch the episode I'm just like oh I can't get past the voice but definitely later in the season you're like oh you know kind of cool but (laughs) he becomes better I think yeah I, I agree, yeah, definitely. But yeah, and speaking of the voice, though, did you know that it's the same voice actor who does King? No, I did not know that. That's interesting. It's the same uh, guy, Alex Hirsch. Wow. Who does, and I like, like, all King's the voices voice. in Gravity Falls. <laughs> and I really like King's voice. Like, I think it's super cute. And then just that 
ugh, high pitched, annoying, but it's okay. We can see past that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, King is definitely, he's another like fun character. So he's also living in the Owl House. And he's, again, like a little inconsistent. Ida's like, oh, he's my roommate. And like in season two, he's more of like a son. But he's this cute, like Tess was saying before, he's this cute little like <laughs> dog looking guy with like a skull on his head. And he's just adorable. Um, adorable. And I love that, like, so the, the premise of this episode is, like, they need to go and get his crown back. Because, like, his crown was the crown of power, and he used to be the king of demons. And then Luz gets it, and it's, like, a Burger Queen crown. It's like Burger King, but in, their, in the show, it's Burger Queen. And Luz, like, yeah. really? <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing with the value thing. Like, we would be like, oh, seriously, I could just pick that up, like, anywhere. And he's like, this is amazing. Like, he values it. I think that's very interesting. Yeah. And I love that Ida recognizes that, too. She's like, yeah, it's junk, but, like, it's important to him. So, like, it's important to me. Like, I'm going to go and rescue it, even though I know it's a piece of junk. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I think their friendship is really cute in that aspect. That they, like, she supports him, even though she knows, like, that's, like, seriously. But she's like, you know, you do you. I think that's cool. Yeah. And I love, like, how despite his cuteness, he's just, like, he says a lot of, like, things that would be menacing if they came from someone who wasn't him. <laughs> yes, definitely. He has this, like, rubber duck, and he's like, we will drink the fear of our enemies. And <laughs> He's leading an army of darkness with his stuffed animal bunny, Francois. So, he's he's crazy. But I think those are most of the characters. I mean, there's like the the warden Wrath, who's just like the the prison warden, so he runs the conformatorium. Yeah. And he's kind of a scary, shape-shifting, fire-breathing monster thing. But he's not really that important of like a character. He's just there to be, you know, to have conflict. So I think we'll move on then, unless you have anything else to add. I think it's pretty much covered it. Okay. So we're going to move on to another category, which will be super short this episode. Still another character. So my favorite character in the show is Amity Blight. And I wanted to have like a, a section to like talk about her. I'm calling this section Amity O'Cramity, because that's a thing that Luce says at some point. Um, <laughs> and for this episode, Amity isn't in it. So we will move on. But we'll, we'll do this in future ones. Yes, very short section. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> So the next section that I wanted to talk about is the Boiling Isles Travel Advisory. What you need to know before you book your trip. And just like talking about the setting of like the show and what we're seeing so far. Because it's a, it's a new place and I want to talk about it. So Tess, what did you think of, of the Boiling Isles? It's very interesting. It's like there's a lot of different settings almost. It's like wherever you go it kind of looks different um I don't know I thought there's definitely a lot of like this is less on setting but there's a lot of different like types of creatures I don't really know what you'd call them definitely a wide variety some you can't can't even tell what it is especially like the fairy I thought that was so funny because it looks so like dainty and then it's like oh I'm gonna eat your skin (laughs) it's terrifying um I don't know I don't really remember much about the setting I mean, it is kind of a chaotic setting, and I think it took 
definitely the first time I watched it, I think it took me a while to like start figuring out the geography of the Boiling Isles. The name's very interesting, definitely. Yeah. I can't remember in this episode, do we learn that like the the Boiling Isles, like the continent they're on is like the bones of a fallen titan? Or is that next episode? Or the third? That, it might be the third episode. Yeah, I don't think we got there yet. Okay. Yeah. So never mind. Um, but definitely like the landscape, there's a lot of like bones and things sticking up because like definitely, it is yeah. yeah, it is like the body of like this old creature called a Titan. And yet the area is just like really chaotic and like there's all these different like demons that are running around and doing their own thing. It looks like people just get eaten on a daily basis, which was kind of Yes. Yeah. That's definitely interesting. Yeah. It's like you have the fairy who's like trying to eat loose. Um, loose like turns on that TV for Ida and people are like, Can I eat the tiny person inside of that box? <laughs> um and there was a guy who was like selling ice cream and like the ice cream ate the person who bought it. So like yep. that was super crazy. But yeah, it kind of looks like this weird, like old fashioned like kind of old fashioned like I don't want to say like medieval necessarily, but almost like there's these wagons and yes. um the landscape kind of looks like that, and they have like this marketplace. But like this weird, like demonic medieval type of place. <laughs> Yes, it's definitely not as modernized. Like, there's no, like, cars or cell phones or anything I've seen thus far. Um, yeah, I get that medieval thing, though. It is kind of an, like, old vibe to it. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely we'll see what all the other places, like, there look like as we as we continue on. But, yeah. So, is there anything else about the place? I mean, they have the conformatorium. So they put people in there who, like, can't fit into society, which is kind of crazy because it looks like no one fits in there and it's all just, like, chaos. So, like, again, what does that even, like, what's even happening with that? Um, Yeah, what's the measure of, like, what's not correct? Because, honestly, from what we've seen, they don't seem that different from the people that they passed when they were walking through, like, town or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of, like, incomprehensible. And just, like, super arbitrary. But, like, maybe that's the point, too. Because, like, a lot mm-hmm. of things, like, in our own world that we're seeing people kind of, like, ban and or, like, just try to, to push out of our society is, like, usually just doesn't make sense. And you're like, like, why are you trying to ban, like, this <laughs> in the first place? Like, it doesn't impact you. Like, it's someone else's deal. Yeah, maybe that's the point. It's just, like, chaotic and doesn't make sense for that reason. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So be aware, if you do go on a trip to the Boiling Isles, do some heavy research into, like, what you can and can't do there, because <laughs> we have no idea. The next section is going to be called Witch Training, and I thought we'd just, like, discuss the magic of this place. And we'll have more, like, there, there's more things that we'll learn like moving forward but uh, right now it's like I don't think we got a good sense of the magic we just learned that there is magic and yeah yeah yeah. I think mainly the only magic we saw was when she did like the portal thing she he shot fire at her and she went like 
Ooh, I made a little portal and then shot back at him. So I think that's just about what we've seen. Yeah, she made like a circle um, and like shot the fire back. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he, I don't think the Warden Wrath like made a circle to like shoot the fire at Ida. So like, eventually we learned that like circles are super important to magic. But mm-hmm. right now we, we see that like some magic can happen. If that is even, even if the fire is magic, which like, I don't know if it is yet. So there's that. And I love one of the moments that I really liked though was with the, the magic flying stick, like the staff. And Luce is like trying to fly on it and she's like trying to figure out what to say to make it move. And like, I think this is shot like such a call out to Harry Potter um, where she's like expecto, like flying something. And she tries all these like different magic-y sounding words. And then Edith's just like, gun it, flying stick. So definitely magic doesn't, it's not like, definitely not what Luce expected it to be. And not exactly what I expected it to be either when like I first saw this. I thought it was funny. (laughs) Definitely. Oh yeah, that like broomstick slash flying owl thing is so cool. I love that part. Yeah, little owlbert. So I think we'll learn more about like what that staff is like in future episodes. So right now, I mean, the owl like comes off of the staff and like can hop around, which was super cool. Like we don't know like what it is or like why that's happening yet. So yeah, so this section was really short. We'll learn more about magic as we move forward in the show. So the second to last category that I have is just like talking about themes I couldn't think of like a good name for this either. But like Luce is really obsessed with this this witch like character in a book, the good witch Azora. Like I wanted to try to come up with like a name for like the theme category with Azora in it, but haven't thought of it yet. But we'll I figured like we'll get there. But I figured like we've already talked about some of the themes, but just like there's this kind of like this section is where we like specifically kind of dive into like what the show is like trying to tell us and teach us at this point. So Tess, what did you learn? I learned I cannot cannot pronounce the main characters' names. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I don't know. I think we did. We talked about it earlier. Just and you kind of mentioned it before, just how people are getting judged, like, for no reason, basically. In this episode, you see the beginnings of that, especially, like, in the... Okay, wait, what's the name of the prison? The Conformatorium. Conformatorium. I don't know why I can't remember that. Um, one of the person, the people, whatever creatures in there is getting is in there for, like, what, writing fanfics about food and food? people or something like that and they're in jail for that or the conformatorium or whatever and I think that's just like seriously that's so random why are we caring what other people want to write about I think just what we've gotten to see in this so far is like we shouldn't judge people it doesn't really matter if it's not affecting you like why are we getting mad about it I think especially with like Louis wait Louis <laughs> 
loose loose <laughs> um mom sending her to in the box camp or whatever i think her mom should have like just been like okay do what you want but you know careful don't hurt anyone <laughs> and just be who you want to be and i think i don't know it's interesting it's going to be interesting to see it pan out especially because you see at the end of a, at, at the end of the episode she texts her mom because her mom's like oh or you know like house camper i don't really remember what she texts her yeah but i mean maybe her mom will have a role in this being able to accept her eventually yeah i mean and i think like so i i know that like when i first was watching this a lot of people like right away they're like oh Luce's mom is like terrible and like I don't necessarily see that right now like yeah she wanted to send her to the camp like think inside the box and like you know tone things down a little bit like in her defense Luce did bring live snakes to school that ended up attacking like some students and the principal Definitely. and yeah and I think like her the main thing she was concerned about when she was, you know, they're waiting for, like, the bus to come and, like, pick her up for camp. She was like, oh, do you have friends? Like, you know, this is an opportunity for you to make friends. And I don't know, like, obviously, I think the mom, like, could do a little bit more of just, like, talking with Luce and, like, really trying to understand her. Um, yeah. But I think her motives are, like, you know, good and, like, super fair. I definitely agree with that. I think the mom wants to understand her. I think she wants to, like, help her. She's trying to do what's in her best interest, like, what she thinks is in her best interest. And I don't think she's necessarily a villain at this point. But I think she could have tried a little harder to connect with Boost and, like, asked her, like, oh, like, why are you doing this? Or, like, blah, blah, blah. Just talk to her more instead of just being like oh you know you have to go to this camp blah 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 yeah I mean and it's kind of like crazy that in this episode she's honestly performing kind of the same role as Warden Wrath in a way <laughs> where like she's trying yeah. to send Luce to this camp and like Wrath is locking these people up and I think at the end of the day it's like you know Luce all the people there as we've said like they're just being themselves and like if if Luce's mom like took a moment to just like talk with Luce and like worked with Luce rather than like just told Luce what to do and same thing like with with Warden Rath if he like if there was a program of like helping these people like <laughs> I don't know like maybe there's support groups or something or um <laughs> I mean, not that, again, nothing that they do, like, needs a support group, necessarily. Um, exactly. Except for the person who, who thinks the Earth is a triangle. That's the one that I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll side with Warden Wrath on. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think if, if there was ways of, like, working with the people and, like, talking with them um, and being on their side, like, the the act of, like, criminalizing these things is, like, just crazy and extreme and obviously not what the mom's doing so like I think yeah I think you can only like loosely connect her to Warden Wrath and like his role in the show but certainly yeah she can 
maybe do things in a little bit of a different way than she does. Yeah. I definitely think also, like, the conformatorium or whatever, is all of that, like, energy, so to speak, should be spent on actual criminals. Like, there's people, like, say, I don't know, murderers. I don't really know what passes as a criminal there. Because all people the people eat eating each, each other. other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it seems kind of to be normalized there. Um, but they're spending all their guards and weapons on kidnapping these people who are doing nothing wrong when they should be spending it on people who are eating each other <laughs> probably but but they don't and kind of the last thing that I wanted to touch up on in this section is like so the triangle Arthur person who's this like I think her character is called like tiny nose yeah she at one point she says self-doubt is a prison you can never escape from because like Luce is like why don't you all just fight back and, sh- and she says Tiny Nose says that. And I think like that even more so than like Warden Wrath and like Luce's mom. I think self-doubt is kind of like the main villain of this episode. And like the concern is like Luce falling into that. Like right now she's someone who like really just believes in herself and is like, yeah, what I'm doing, like I enjoy what I'm doing. I think the concern is that like if she goes to this camp or if the conformatorium like really has the opportunity to like it's not so much like that you're in a prison, like in a physical prison, but like that this self-doubt like gets to you and prevents you from like being able to kind of live out your life and like even wanting to escape potentially. Yeah, I definitely, you definitely see that in the like so-called prisoners when Luce is like, oh, I want to help you guys. They're all just like, you know, save yourself while you can. They're kind of like, don't even try they've kind of given up which is sad because they really did nothing wrong they don't deserve to be there yeah for sure so like good for tiny nose for saying that yeah still can't believe there's a a flat earth equivalent in the owl house (laughs) in the demon (laughs) realm but yeah so moving on this is going to be our last section and this is kind of just open-ended and i'm calling it the land of the banished giraffes because we find out that giraffes have been banished from the demon realm and I was like this is so random that it had to be like the the header for our random section yeah so this is just like if there's anything else that you want to talk about that we can cover in the rest of the episode I didn't really think that part about giraffes was hilarious unexpected and hilarious <laughs> Yeah, Ida's just like, like, oh, like we, so parts of like things from here like seep into your world. So like vampires, like something else, like giraffes. And Luce is just like, wait, what? She's like, yeah, we banished giraffes ages ago. Like they're all freaks. And I was like, okay. (laughs) That's very interesting. The fact that they banished them, like what, again, what did they do? They were just tall. Yeah. But also, how did they banish them? Because, like, we think that Ida has the only portal. So, like, because I think how how did they get giraffes in the human realm? Exactly. Like, I think a bunch of giraffes walking through a portal would have been pretty obvious. Yeah, but like, did someone? Does someone else have a portal, or like, did Ida banish the giraffes? 
Oh, see, that's interesting because that would add to the fact that she's like this all powerful person, and we don't even, we haven't really seen much of that yet. And maybe that's one of the powerful things that she has the capability to do. Yeah, I'm just so curious. I never thought of like her potentially banishing the drafts, but like, I think like later in season one and in season two, like the idea of the portal becomes more important. And mm. I just don't know how else, like, I-, I can't imagine them all, like, all the witches coming together and being like, we need to banish the giraffes. <laughs> and, like, even if they decided that, like, how would they do that? So, like, I'm kind of convinced that Ida banished them all. And, like, she took it upon herself to, like, shove them all through the portal. <laughs> <laughs> you think we would have noticed that? <laughs> Maybe. But, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else that I noticed here. There's not a lot yet because it's just the first episode, but definitely as we get into it more. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely going to be more to talk about as we go forward. And like, I want to try to keep us from talking about things that happen in other episodes so far, even though we've both seen other episodes. And like, I really want to talk about the season two episodes that have been coming out recently. <laughs> We'll get there. Yeah, we'll we'll get there one episode at a time. But yeah, that's that's about it for now. Okay, okay bye. bye. Should that be the closer or is it is it awful? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if people don't get the reference, it'll just seem like awkward. But <laughs> we just suddenly close the episode. We're like in the middle of a conversation and then just like, OK, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>